Ned's blonde waves, and couldn't help comparing her own rosy cheeks and elf-like features with Sylvine's fair skin and fragile beauty. But it isn't possible. You could choose your clothes more carefully. That made Emily smooth down her grey flannel skirt. It's the wrong shape. Does nothing for you. Needs to be longer. A scented cloud billowed up as Sylvine patted powder on her pretty nose. I could let the hem down, Emily said doubtfully. She'd been pleased with it when she'd bought it last winter. Needs more than that. You're too thin. It's not fashionable anymore to have a figure like a boy. Eat more of those chips. Fill yourself out. You need to look more womanly. Emily grimaced. She hated chips. She loathed the smell of them. Couldn't bear even talking about them. She wished for the thousandth time she didn't live in a chip shop. Beside her, Sylvine was teasing seductive blonde tendrils down her cheeks. She was taller and heavier by a stone. Every ounce enhanced her figure. You ought to take yourself in hand. Emily was certain she'd done all she could. She'd turned herself into a Janus, leading a double life. This was her preferred persona, office girl in plain cardigan and skirt. Sylvine hadn't noticed how much worse she looked in the shop. How? Well, how old are you? Seventeen. You look fourteen. Make yourself look older. Emily frowned in the mirror. Surely she looked at least sixteen. That's your problem. You look like jailbait. What's that? You know, it's illegal for men to be intimate with girls under sixteen. Emily felt the flush run up her cheeks. I wouldn't want to be, she said too aggressively. Of course not, Sylvine soothed in her breathy voice. But you want to look interesting with Giles Widenshaw about. He's lovely, isn't he, Emily? You are lucky. Emily agreed. She had also counted herself lucky to get on Withenshaw's office training course when she left school at fourteen. I'd better go. He might be there. They went down the corridor. Sylvine headed for Mr Bunting's office, swaying on her high heels. Emily went on. The canteen officers were in the factory, and not grand. She felt all of a flutter, but only Mr Osborne, the manager, was there to greet her. She had to make a conscious effort to keep her eyes away from the red patches his spectacles made where they clipped onto his large nose. She found the desk she was to use wedged in a small anteroom. Two other rooms opened from it. The larger was used by Samuel Osborne. The other, he told her, was being used by Giles Withenshaw. He showed her the files, pointed out the stationery cupboard and dictated a few letters. Emily couldn't concentrate. Her fingers were hitting the wrong keys. She was buoyed up with anticipation. It was mid-morning when she looked up to find Giles studying her from the doorway. His large, tawny eyes held her gaze for a full five seconds, making her tingle with surprised gratification. I'm Giles Withenshaw, he said, as if he expected her not to know. She felt his hand grasping hers in a friendly squeeze. 
I understand you're to be my secretary. He perched on the corner of her desk, smiling down at her, smoking a cigarette in a jet holder with gold bands. I hope we'll get on well together. His eyes were wide-spaced and slightly protruding. Everybody noticed them. Hot eyes, they called them in the typing pool. Emily felt they were like magnets, pulling her gaze up to meet his. With an effort, she managed to break eye contact. Sensuality crackled out of him. He was blessed in other ways. Being fond of sailing, sun and wind had bronzed his skin and bleached gold streaks into his handsome head of loose waves. His suits were expensive, his shirts whiter than snow. His fingernails appeared manicured. She had decided she was not going to compete with the pack where Giles was concerned, but within days she was lost.